Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you are listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how, with a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert built portfolios of low cost exchange traded funds. You know, I love those exchange traded funds. There's automated investing technology. And as part of that automated rebalancing, many of you have been asking about rebalancing and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, August 4th, and we are here answering your financial questions. The way we do that is we solicit you. Mark, I would like to get arrested for solicitation. Okay, just kidding. Uh, we solicit your help. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click on the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Oh, by the way, Mark, last weekend, uh, you know, as part of my training for my 275 miles, uh, I did 42 and a half miles uh, on the bike outside. My tush was hurting a little. Actually, my tush was okay. And I my, my endurance was okay. Weird tingling in my feet. My feet were tingling a little. And I think it's because of like maybe the way I'm sitting, maybe my shoes are a little bit tight. I don't know. But uh, that's something to pay attention to for me. And I did the whole ride. Usually Jackie comes with me for the first half, but, you know, it was a big weekend at, at the household. And so um, I did the whole thing by myself. You know, you do a lot of thinking on that bicycle. I'll tell you that much. It's very meditative in a weird way. So that was good. And thanks to everyone who's been um, donating to The Cycle, which is on the website. We'll have to take that down to make room for the book. The book is coming, gang, and it is it is going to be great. I'm very excited about it. So, Mark, I got the last. I'm doing one final round now. I just want you to know that after, uh, I don't know, this has been read, reread 50 times by various people. I still right now have a list of 12 things that need to be corrected. I don't know though, but it's it's um the the ed I don't know how people do editing for a living. It's it's so exhausting. And it's like you the words just blur in and you know you make the you make the change of what you think it should be in your head so you don't even notice it. I think that's what happens. So anyway, 
uh, that's it. I got the book. I got the bike. Anything with else with a B? I got a beak, also known as my nose. I got a lot. Oh, last thing is all these people, uh, summertime, it, and I want everyone to really enjoy themselves. But for those of you who are like, oh, let's just go outside and have drinks and then we'll go inside in the nice air conditioning. I got one dozen mosquito bites over the weekend. One friend who insisted on being outside. It was not that hot. I mean, besides it's not hot, it is so buggy out. Well, here in the Northeast, it is. I don't know where it is. Every, I mean, it's probably not so buggy when there's been no rain, but oh, I tell you, they love me, Mark. You know why? Because I'm so sweet. Don't I sound sweet right now? Okay, let's get some emails done because Mark says we got to move. We've got a lot of emails. This is from Mike who says, I currently have a 401k with a former employer and I have a 457 retirement savings plan at my current employer. I also have a Roth IRA brokerage account. Should I roll the 401k to the 457 or to the Roth IRA brokerage account? It depends on a few things, Mike. Number one, how much money is in the old 401k? You know, if there's like $10,000 in the old 401k and we can put it into the Roth and you can pay, you basically do a conversion. I think you'd have to go, actually have to go through one extra step. You may or may not have to, but it would be 401k to IRA rollover, IRA rollover to a Roth Roth IRA. That would be preferable. But if you're going to convert, all the money will now turn into ordinary income. So is that going to pop you up into a new tax bracket? Or are you already in a high tax bracket? Also, if you were to roll over to your current employer, would the 457 accept the 401k assets? May not. We need more information, Mike. Okay, Jennifer. Oh, I like the subject line. Should I get an umbrella insurance policy? Hi, Jill and Mark. I love listening to the podcast. Thank you for the important information you share. You're welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for listening. Okay, Jennifer says, I'm making some updates to my home and auto insurance. New teen driver, yikes. (laughs) And I am being sold an umbrella policy. I've done some reading about them. I'm wondering what your take is now that we have more assets in retirement is this something that I should be considering? All right. So let's just give you the, the quick rundown on these folks. 45-year-old couple, one 15-year-old son, also known as the moving tort because he'd be driving and causing some mayhem. Okay. They make uh, 125 and 65 stable employment, 50 grand in cash, 10 grand in bonds, 8,000 in a brokerage account, 50,000 in a 529, 950 in retirement, some of it Roth. Home is worth 450 with a 290,000 30-year mortgage refinanced during COVID to 3%, no other debt. Okay, so first of all, deep breath gang. When you have an asset in retirement accounts, a 401k as opposed to a IRA, but if it's a 401k, then any sort of litigation that would ensue because of an accident or anything like that retirement assets are protected. Let's presume that's the case, okay? That, you know, you have these monies in a retirement account, whether it's Roth or not, it's a company plan, not subject to litigation. So that means we've got the 50, the 10, the eight, and the home equity. Here's the thing that I think about umbrella policies. I like them. (laughs) It's kind of, it's probably a waste of money. I'm sure that someone will have done the financial analysis, but they're so cheap. Why not? Why not have it? Uh, do you have Do you have it, Mark? Yeah, it's funny because I, I was just looking. We, we got pitched a new policy through Amanda's work, so I pulled out our current policy. And like you said, it's cheap for we have a you know for a million dollars the annual premium. I think it's three hundred and fifty nine bucks. 
I know. It's sort of like a, a very low dollar amount for sleep at night. For everyone listening, it's sort of like this catch-all so that if someone like it, it doesn't even have to be like a driving thing. What about if there's a, a contractor in your house and the contractor has an accident of some sort that's not the contractor's fault, but it's your fault for some reason. You know, well, you know, they were working on your house, they fell for your roof, whatever. So I think it's good to have it. So I say go for it. Okay. Next question is from Edward, whose son is buying a house where he will be settling in October. Mortgage broker steering towards a variable mortgage. I think with the Fed increases that are being predicted, this may not be the best idea. Oh boy, there's a little, looks like a little PTSD mortgage here, Mark. Wife and I lived through the 70s and 80s. My memory is that the variable rate mortgages were problematic as interest rates increased. Okay, let's see. My son's a school teacher. I don't want to see him get in over his head. He's got two and four-year-old kids. Will his mortgage broker make more money on the variable rate mortgage? I just see this as a time to not get a variable rate mortgage. Am I wrong, Jill? The house is $600,000 and a variable rate can quickly jump. So I think this is a great question for right this second. So let's say that 30-year mortgage rates are around 5.5%, which is roughly double where they were a year ago. I know, it's crazy. The, the premise that the mortgage broker might be presenting to your son is that let's do a variable rate that's not variable in the first few years, but maybe locks you in for a five or a seven or a 10-year period of time and then becomes variable after that or adjusts after that. So if that's the case where there's a period of time where you know the rate is fixed, then I'm more interested in it. But you're right. If it's just a straight up variable rate immediately after you assume it and it jumps and, and it is um, adjusting based on some rate, some short-term lending rate, then it can be dangerous. Would he be able to buy the home with a five and a half percent mortgage? Is there something that he could do to maybe smooth out the variability? But I do think that there is a place for the variable rate loan in this environment, presuming you know all the details. You know, in the 2003 to eight housing boom, I think the biggest problem was that people didn't understand the details of what they had assumed in terms of their debt. This is a situation where if we know all the information, we can compare what the fixed rate would be, the payment would be, we can compare what a, uh, a variable or adjustable rate mortgage would be and outline where the risk lies. So I don't think it's terrible, but I do think we got to know a lot of the details, Okay. This is from Katie, who says, thanks for all of your insights. For the last couple of years, I have been converting my traditional IRA to a Roth little by little. You and Mark really sold me on that plan. Mark, this don't you feel great success when you hear that? You, Mark, you've sold us on it. I, I really feel like I'm able to relate to our audience. I know. I know. You're the best. You're, the, you're so relational. You really are. And empathic. However, sometimes it sounds like you don't think that it is the best thing to do when you are talking to others. I mean, it always depends on the situation. Okay, Katie, let's hear it. Katie's got about $123,000 that's still in her traditional. She converts ten grand a year to stay in a lower tax bracket. She has the money to pay the taxes that are due outside of the account. She just wanted to double check, make sure she's uh, still on track. And it's going to take over 12 years to get everything converted. Sounds like a great game plan, Katie. I like it. I like it. The only time we don't love a conversion would be when there is a need for the cash that we know that you need to conserve cash on hand. That's, I think, the one time where I get a little nervous, okay? 
also, if you're very close to retirement, there's a, there's a case to be made that you could just pull the money out of the account and use it to live on until you're claiming your higher social security benefit, maybe at age 70. So that's another area where it may make sense to not necessarily convert. Okay. Here's the question from Gloria who writes, I'm being advised by my financial planner to purchase long-term healthcare insurance. It costs about $3,800 per year for her life. The benefit is $3,000 per month, maxed out at 60 months. I think it's end or $180,000. I'm 58. I'm still working. Okay. Let's see what, what Gloria's got. Uh, 401k and Roth, that should be uh, about a million bucks in seven to eight years. $250,000 in equity in the home. Husband is older. He receives pension and social security now. He does not have long-term health. We also have a second home that has equity, about 125 grand. This might work for you, okay? But here's a couple of questions. Would you be entitled to your husband's pension if he were to predecease you? I'm interested in that. Because if you have his pension and if you are still working and would continue to work and be able to claim on your own social security record, um, maybe there's some idea that you could float it, but you are in that particular donut hole of, of risk because you're now married. You have, let's say about uh, one, we'll, we'll pretend it's seven or eight years from now when you're thinking about retirement, you would have about a million and a half bucks, a million in the retirement, another half a million, or maybe even a million in equity in your homes. So, you know, it could be that this is something you should consider. I would be interested in knowing what you would be willing to do as well. If your husband were to get sick, would you sell that second home? Could you free up some of that equity? But this is not bad. Mark, do you feel like this one's okay? I mean, I'm sort of intrigued to hear some of the details. I'd like to know like what else happens in this account and um, in this retirement account and how much they're living on right now. But it doesn't seem like a terrible idea. doesn't sound awful. But like you said, I'd love to know how much the pension is and what she would be entitled to. Yeah, because if you could have, I don't know, if you could have some of that pension money, that could be, well, that could be really appealing. Give us some more details. When you write in, especially if you don't want to come on the air, don't forget to give us some more details. Even if you just grab a screenshot or take a picture with your phone and send it to us so we can look at it, that would be helpful. All right, that's it. That's the show. It is August and many of you are relaxing, chilling out. Great. Good for you. But if some sort of um, let's say you're mid-walk, mid-hike, mid-activity, and a financial issue pops into your head. You don't want to let it plague you. You don't want to let it ruin your day or the rest of your vacation. Why don't you take whatever questions on your mind and put it down? And then you could send it to us, and then it's off of your shoulders. So all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air, and Mark will do the rest. While you are on the website, don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter and check out all the neat content we have on the website. Also, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a rating and review on Apple. Do me a favor. Do something nice for someone else today, and we will be very delighted to talk to you tomorrow. Grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.